I'm excited about today and um, I honestly, I'm a little underprepared. I've had a wild week. Anyone else had a wild week? Nope, just me. Cool. No worries. That's fine. <laughs> so um, just in case you missed it, Pastor Daz on Vision Sunday, which if you're visiting for us was two Sundays ago, Pastor Daz was talking about watering holes. Who remembers? Who remembers vividly? And it just, you just loved that. And it just, it just gelled with you. Anyone? Yeah, nods all around. It was amazing. It was a wonderful message and a wonderful vision for us to step into 2021. So I'm really excited about this. And so the last couple of weeks, we've just been running that, running with that and talking about what does that mean. And um, so last week, Pastor Bron preached a cracker of a message, right? It was a cracker about be, be a watering hole. So Pastor Daz talked about three things, be a watering hole, build a watering hole and own a watering hole. And so he rallied us around Isaiah 58 and it talks about like springs of water that never fail. And he talked about us as a church becoming like a watering hole in Armadale, in our city of Armadale, where people would come and find refreshment for their heart and for their spirit. And it was wonderful. And so last week, Pastor Bron talked about being a watering hole. And today we're going to talk about building and owning. Tell someone next to you, build and own. Show of hands, who hates it when I make you say something to the person next to you? We're still, that is still under 50, so I'm going to go with it. (laughs) But maybe not as much. I love you. So turn with me to Isaiah 58. If you've got your paper Bible or your phone, your Bible on your phone, whatever it is. Isaiah 58. And we're just going to read through this. And we did read through it a little bit when we had Vision Sunday. But I think it'd be great to read through it and just talk about what does this mean? What does this mean for us? What are the implications here? Because that's important, right? Context is important. So I will read for you. It says, and the Lord will guide you always. The Lord will guide you always. So that means not some of the time, not most of the time, but a constant guidance no matter what happens. Constant, a never failing guidance. He will guide us always through his word, through the wisdom of other people and through the nudging of the Holy Spirit. It says, he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he will strengthen your frame. The message version of this verse, it actually says, he will give you firm muscles and strong bones. And the reason that this is important is when it says he will strengthen your frame, that word frame, say frame, that word frame, It's actually referring to the frame of a person who is so affected by dehydration, like dehydrated. So like muscles, shrunken muscles, dry skin. Can you imagine? Do you have that picture? Someone who is so dehydrated, that kind of frame. And this word is saying the Lord will strengthen your frame. So it's talking, it's it's saying you won't be like that, but you'll be like this. You will be like a well-watered garden and like a spring whose waters never fail. And maybe you have felt like this in a spiritual sense. Have you ever felt just dry in your heart and just dehydrated? Anybody? I totally haven't. If you're in that place today, totally fine. We would love to pray with you later. Um, This is part of your journey and God will redeem this. No matter how much you hate it, (laughs) no matter how hard it is right now, God will redeem it and he will fill your heart and he will rehydrate you with his spirit in Jesus' name. I believe that that will happen for you today. So don't forget, if you want to get prayer after the service over this side, the elders, all the elders will be here ready, ready and waiting to pray for you. So you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. So this Hebrew word fail, it actually means to deceive 
whose waters never fail, whose waters never deceive. And so it's like you think that there's good water there, but there's not. Do you remember last week Pastor Ron talked about mirage, Christianity? It looks like there's water on the horizon, but there's actually not. And, and God is saying to his people, I will be, you will be like a spring whose waters never fail. So it's not, a, it's not deceiving, it's not fake, it's not going to run out. Waters never fail, whose waters never fail. They never run out. We're not deceived regarding its availability. That's not the kind of water Isaiah is talking about. He's saying you will never run out. Praise God. Verse 12, it says, You will rebuild the ancient ruins and you will raise up age-old foundations. You'll become a repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. The coolest thing, I think, about God, there are lots of things, but this is one of the coolest things that I love about God is that nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. One of my friends gave me a picture and it's actually in my office right now and it says nothing is wasted. With God, nothing is wasted. Amen and praise God for that. Nothing is wasted, not even rubble. In Isaiah, it's talking about the rubble. You'll use the rubble of the past to rebuild anew. Praise God. So I want you to just take a moment now. Let's not get depressed together, but let's just assess the rubble in our lives. Just have a little think. What's the rubble in your life right now? What's the whatever it is that's not working out, the relationship that's not working out, whatever it is, just the difficulty. Sometimes there's nothing wrong. It's just difficult and that can feel like rubble, can't it? Whatever the rubble is in your life, the failures, the hardships, whatever it might be, none of it is wasted. None of it is wasted. Does it suck? Yes, it does suck sometimes. Is it difficult? Yes, it is difficult sometimes. But is it wasted? No, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Wherever you are right now, you need to know it doesn't have to be wasted. Just so you know that I'm not up here with my perfect life talking about things that I know nothing about. I'm going to be like so um, transparent this morning. I'm going to tell you these are a list of things that God has redeemed, that God has restored so that you know (laughs) that we get it. Okay, we get it. Everyone has rubble. It's cool. But God can restore it. God can rebuild with it in Jesus' name. So here's some struggles that God has redeemed for us. Um, we lost our business after eight years of hard work. We just lost our business. Um, we faced bankruptcy. We lost our cousins and actually a few of our family members to cancer. We have struggled with depression, broken trust, betrayal, um, church hurt, being hurt by people at church. I'm just mentioning this because I want to be real. And because we are a family and this happens and let's not ignore it and sweep it under the rug because people are people everywhere, right? They're everywhere. People are people everywhere. And so that's the good and the bad. It's everywhere. And so I just want you to know you're not the only one. God can redeem it. He has redeemed it for us. And maybe even if you're there right now, like let's just start talking about it. Talk about it with me. Talk about it with an elder. Let's not avoid this issue of being hurt by people that we love Because this is a life issue. This is not a church thing. This is a life thing. We need to get good. We need to get good at dealing with this. And I want you to know it's not going to be wasted. Hi, Lucy. It's not going to be wasted. Praise God. We've had denied promotions and repeated rejection. We've had heart defects and open heart surgery. And there is the list could go on. But these are the places that we found Jesus. These are the places that we found our faith to be real and authentic. And God did come to the rescue. And maybe not in the way that we expected. 
but nothing is wasted. He wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. This is my favorite thing. There was a hashtag a few years ago, and it was, the struggle is real. Does anyone remember that? Hashtag, the struggle is real. And people would post it on social, like, about stupid things, you know, like, I don't even know. Like, the cat ate the hamburger, the struggle is real, you know. Just silly things. And it's true, right? The struggle is real. You can write this down. The struggle is real. The struggle is real, but the struggle is also redeemable. The struggle is also redeemable. So we are not those people specifically being spoken to by Isaiah with with what we just read. But we are God's people and we know that God is a God of refreshing and strengthening and healing and enlarging. And we are going to grab a hold of this as the Chapel Collective and as Armadale City Church knowing that God redeems all things, all situations, all people who are willing to lean towards being a watering hole kind of church and a watering hole kind of person. Will you take this journey with me? I think we can do it. We can trust God. We can trust him. We can trust him. So we know that this is in the Old Testament. So we're just going to look at living water, the idea of water and what that is in the New Testament as well. And um, God speaks of himself as living water in Jeremiah and a couple of places in the Old Testament. But most notably, and you probably know in the New Testament, um, Jesus, one of the things that Jesus says is, come to me and drink from me and from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Have you heard that before? So we're going to talk about that. Let me give you some context here because this is so amazing. And um, this was my Bible discovery for this week. And I'm really excited. And I've told Andrew like three times we were in the car and then the kids hopped in the car. So I had to repeat it for the kids. And then another kid hopped in the car. So I repeated it for that kid as well. So Andrew's heard this like five times. But I promise you, it's so wonderful and so good. (laughs) It's so wonderful. So... In John 7, where Jesus is actually talking to people surrounding the temple. Temple is like the church of the day, right? Everyone gathers at the temple. And back in the day, before Jesus was a thing, people would go to the temple to meet with God. This is how you meet with God. This is how you communicate with God. You have to go to the temple. You can't do it anywhere else. You go to the temple. That's what you do. And um, so Jesus... He's talking to all of these people surrounding the temple because there's been a big feast going on. So there's people everywhere. It's noisy. It's smelly. Like there's B.O. you can imagine. And um, one of the things that he says, if, if, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So living water, living water. Say living water. <laughs> Sorry, 60% of people. No, 40% of people. Um, living water. Living water. If Dan went downtown today and just ran up to a random person and said, Jesus is living water, they would be like, what? And he would probably get arrested. And this is what would happen because it makes no sense. Does it make sense to your ears? It might if you've been in church forever. But if you haven't, someone saying, I'm living water, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? And I'd love to talk about that. So in Jesus' day, listen. Entering the temple, so going to church, entering God's house, it required ritual purification in a special bath called a mikvah. Say mikvah. But you have to go mikvah, mikvah. Give it a go. Mikvah. Yeah, that's the one. Mikvah. It's called a mikvah. And um, 
What made these baths special was there was a natural source of water that flowed into each one at the temple. So it was like plumbed in. So this is a big deal. There's a lot of infrastructure involved. There's a lot of money involved to make this happen. So this living water is flowing from this living, not a dam, not a puddle. It's flowing from a river or a, I don't know, a spring. Thank you, Di. It's flowing into this mikvah at the, at the uh, doors of the temple. And it, so it's, a, it's living water was a source of naturally flowing water that was directed to a place for collection or for ritual use. And so in this case, the use was to wash yourself, to cleanse yourself, ritually cleanse yourself before you enter the house of God. So essentially, it is this mikvah being filled with living water so that you can become ritually pure before you, like you can become good enough before you enter the temple of God. You are clean enough, you are good enough. If you don't do this, you're not clean, you can't come in. If you do do this, you are clean, you can come in. Like, what? It doesn't make sense to us now, but this is what it was. And so everybody, every time they entered the temple would have to do this, would have to come and wash in this little bath called a mikvah. It's at the front door. Can you imagine, like, Ken and Di are on the door, right? (laughs) And we have a bathtub in our foyer, and these guys from Narrabri who are new today, they, they come in and Ken and Di are like, oh, welcome, you're new, it's your first time. They're like, yeah, it's our first time. They're like, wow, it's so great to see you. If you could just jump in this bath, if you could just wash yourselves all over, then you're allowed to come in. But if you don't, guys from Narrabri, you're not good enough. Imagine that. But this was the situation, right? This was the situation. Imagine if it was plumbed in from like Jumeric Creek. Like, ugh, no. (laughs) But this was the situation. So, once the water had been drawn and stored, it ceased to be living water. Once you've used it, once you've washed with it, it's not living water anymore. And each visitor to the temple had to bathe um, in the living water. And so, when Jesus says, come to me, and then out of you will flow living water... His words actually promised something incredible that we probably miss today, that most of us miss today. This extravagant process that was necessary to meet with God in the temple, to even be allowed in a church, to even be allowed close to God in God's house, it would soon become obsolete. obsolete. And so if we read the claim of Jesus again, and just imagine, just imagine now, you have waited in line all day to get into church. You've waited in line all day to get into the temple. It's, it's smelly. It's noisy. There are so many people around. You have no money, but the money that you do have, you need to pay to get into the temple to be ritually pure so that you can connect with God. Can you imagine this? That would be hard for the majority of people, Right? especially in that day, like your last grocery money you use to wash in the mikvah to, pur- to purify yourself. And so Jesus is like, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So in our Western context, we typically focus on like the thirst aspect of water. And that's what Jesus is. And that's true. And we're assuming that Jesus, um, Jesus was talking about like quenching our thirst for righteousness maybe. And, um, you know, the availability of the Holy Spirit inside of us. When we read that, that's what we think about that. And that's cool. And it's true. It's true. It's true. All of those things are true. And Jesus does restore. And Jesus does rehydrate our dry hearts. He does. He's wonderful. That's what he does. 
But the Jews who heard Jesus speak understood this very differently. His claim directly applied to their experience that day, and it meant so much to them. No longer would ritual bathing be required for purity. No longer would a great effort be necessary to bring sources of living water into the mikvah and into the temple. The wealthy people that had private mikvahs in their house, like they could do that because they were rich, they wouldn't have that privilege anymore. So Jesus, Jesus isn't living water because he quenches our thirst and washes us clean. He does do that and he is that. But he's living water because he's removing the barriers for people to get to God. He's removing the barriers. Today, he has removed the barriers to get to God. He has removed them. Let's not be a church who tries to put them back. Let's not. Let's not do that. Jesus has removed the barrier. Anybody can get to him now. Anybody can receive that living water now. Praise God. This is amazing. This is amazing. I was so excited when I read this for the first time, I'm telling you. I was home by myself and I was yelling out loud. It was amazing. Praise God. (laughs) So if we are a watering hole, living water kind of church, we are the kind of church that should be removing barriers for people to get to God. So with this context of springs and watering holes and living water, removing the barriers, being refreshed, being restored, this is what Jesus does. Let's not make him something that he's not. If this is the kind of church that we're going to build, how amazing, how amazing. Do you remember Shane Willard asking the question? Um, The question shouldn't be, are you worthy? It's, are you thirsty? Do you remember that? That stuck with me. That stuck with me forever. So with with this in mind... Um, And if you weren't here, we talked about be a watering hole, build a watering hole, own a watering hole. Let's really articulate what build means. We're going to talk about build now. Build a watering hole. I won't make you say it to the person next to you. So when we say build a watering hole, what we're really talking about is discipleship. Discipleship. That's what we're really talking about. We're talking about the person that we are, the person that you are today. We're talking about the effects that we have. The effect that we have in our church and the effect that we have on other people in our community. And we're talking about what we build. So number one, build a watering hole. So we don't just want to be watering hole type of people. We actually want to raise other people to be the same. It's cool if you're a watering hole kind of person. That's awesome. Now you need to find someone else and show them how to do it. This is how you be a watering hole. This is how rivers of living water flow from your life. We need to be the ones discipling and showing people how to do that. And what a privilege. What a privilege. So we're the ones saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Like, be like Jesus with me. That's what we're saying. Be like Jesus with me. I'm sure you all have relationships and connections in this beautiful, wonderful church of ours. I wonder if you might consider, who can I say, be like Jesus with me? Who can I say that to this week? Who could I say that to? Be like Jesus with me. You might be thinking... I'm not very disciple Carrie. Does anyone feel like that? I just don't know if I could even make a disciple. I'm not a disciple person. <laughs> you don't know the rubble that I have laying around. Or my life, Carrie, is quite un- un- <laughs> uneventful and I don't think I've got anything to offer. It's not very exciting. I kind of have a boring life. I don't know what's, what side of the spectrum you're on. Wild and chaotic, so you can't disciple. Really boring, so you can't disciple because you've got nothing to offer. I don't know where you fit on that scale of things. But I want to just acknowledge today the difficulty and the mess and the rubble of your life and say to you that because of what you have been through and because of what you are going through, 
whether it's awesome or whether it's horrible, the victories and the broken places, you now and will have a unique set of tools with which to teach somebody else. With which to teach somebody else. Now, I'm not silly. I know that that is hard to hear when there's hard stuff going on, okay? So you can relax. You can take your time. You can get the healing you need. It's totally fine. There is no pressure on you. Make sure you do get someone to pray with you today. So we're not being unrealistic with where we are. But what we are saying is once we have survived something, once we have come out the other side, we have now something to offer somebody else. We can say to somebody else, be like Jesus with me. This is what I learned when this happened. And this is a powerful thing. More than just speaking words to someone or reading someone a Bible verse, saying, this is what happened to me, and this is how Jesus brought me through this. This is like a lifesaver. This is a miracle. <laughs> and God will use how he brought you through whatever it is to teach someone else. Be like Jesus with me. Thank you. However... <laughs> Not everything that you use to disciple others needs to have come from a negative experience, right? Some of you are probably sitting here and you're like, I'm going great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Who's struggling? This is great. Life is great. And that's awesome. And I'm so happy that you're in that place. And you should celebrate that. And you should tell other people and have them celebrate with you. That's great. Not everything that you need to disciple someone comes from this place of hardship. Sometimes you are a really good accountant and you need to share those skills with someone else. Sometimes maybe you're a really good parent, like you're a great mom or a great dad and you have something to offer somebody else around you and you can say, this is how, this is how I'm doing it. This is how God is helping me. You can read the Bible with somebody. When you have your own experiences to draw from, you can read the Bible with somebody and pray with somebody in a way that is like tailor-made to their experience because you have been there. You've been there before them and now you're taking them through this process. You know what to pray. You know the thoughts and the um, emotions that are attached to what's happening maybe. Like if you run a great business, you can come come alongside somebody else and help them to do the same because you know, you understand the pressures, you understand what's involved. Praise God for that. And then that's when we bring God into the equation and we say, this is how God, this is how the Holy Spirit, this is how Jesus helped me to get to, to get this far. This is how Jesus helped me to overcome this, whatever it is, whatever it is. So maybe you're a great accountant. You don't have to have like, you don't have to have been to prison, okay, to have a testimony, <laughs> right? I said to Andrew today, yesterday, honey, would most people in our church know what a prison shiv is? Anyone? Show of hands, you know what a prison shiv is? Right. You don't have to know how to make one of those to help someone. <laughs> like that doesn't have to be your story. Whatever your story is, it is unique and ordained by God so that you can help somebody else through exactly what you've been through. And praise God for that. Praise God for that. Have you ever been in that situation where you just don't know what to do? Maybe it's in a parenting sense. Maybe it wasn't a business sense or whatever. And someone has come alongside you and said, oh, when this happened to me, we just did this and it worked really well. And you're like, yes, thank you. This is working really well. You know, you know, praise God. Praise God for those people. You can be one of those people to somebody else. You can, you can, praise God. So you can read the word with someone and pray with someone and understand their context, and that's a special thing. That's a special thing. Don't write it off, hey. Don't think my life's too boring or my life is too wild. Don't write it off. God will use it. If you let him, he will use it. Amen. Number two, 
Own your watering hole. Own your watering hole. So this passage as when he says own your watering hole, what he's talking about is owning our Sunday morning service here, our church here, our Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. At 10 (laughs) a.m. Our Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Praise God. Own your watering hole. So this is about our Sunday church. We are invested. We want to be growing in community. We want to, if you can, be on team somewhere, on some team once a month. That's awesome. We share the load. We're a family. We carry the load. And it's fun. And we love it. The hour after service. Pastor Daz just asked me to mention this to us all today. The one hour after service. When we've heard the word, we've had our prayer, we've done what we need to do. This is just as important as the hour of the service. So these are, this is the time when you will get to say to somebody, hey, this happened to me. And this is what God did. Or when you get to share with someone how God has answered your prayer or whatever it is, we are building community in that one hour after Sunday service. So I promise a coffee machine is on the way sometime this year. I don't know if it's going to be March or December, but it will be 2021. (laughs) So hang in there. (laughs) And um, when it's available, we can grab a coffee together. We can talk together. Let's just prioritize being a church in that one hour. Is that all right? In that one hour after the service. You'll find sometimes the most valuable, like Dan mentioned, the most valuable conversations you'll have will be in that hour after church. And so how wonderful that we have this opportunity, that we have this family to even do this with. How wonderful. Very good. So let's read Ephesians um, chapter 4, verse 11. I will read it for you. So this is from the NIV. It says, So Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Be like Jesus with me. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Um, And then in verse 15 it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become... In every respect, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. What does it say? As each part does its work. So we, the church, (laughs) have been quick to put teachers, pastors, evangelists, prophets, whatever, on a pedestal, right? Can, I just, can we just rewire our brains today regarding that? We have learnt that they, they are the more important people, but I want to tell you today that um, it's a function. This is a function. These are functions. They are not, this is not about superiority. This is not that. So each of us, we play our part. Each of us has a function. One is not better than the other. It's not. The fact that we play our part in the body and that we're obedient to the work of the Holy Spirit, that, that is where the gold is and that is what matters. That's what matters. Don't write yourself off because you feel like you're not a leader. Let's not do that. Your part, the part that you play is important. And maybe you're thinking, well, all I do on Sunday is I'm on the door. That's awesome. Do you know how many tired and weary people come through our doors every Sunday and they're just happy to see someone that is happy to see them? This is beautiful. I can see nods all over the place. This is beautiful. Thank you, everyone who's on the door. This is a special thing, an important thing. This is a gift from God 
to this body here. So don't underestimate the role that you play, the part that you play. Cool. Um, Pastor Dad's also talked about, you might remember, he read from Acts and he talked about the church in Acts and God adding to their number daily and then they're sharing everything and they're selling their possessions and they're breaking bread in their homes together and I'm sure you're familiar. And so if this is the kind of church that Pastor Dad's and Pastor Bron are envisaging for us in these next month, months and these next years, then I think there are some key things happening here. I don't have time to read it all to you, but let me just tell you what they are. Some key things that are happening. There's teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, and expansion. These are the things that are happening. And this is the kind of church that we're heading towards. And it sounds to me like they were owning the gatherings that they were in. I'm not trying to pull something from the Bible that's not there, but that really is what it sounds like. They're owning their house, their little house church. They're owning, they're looking after one another. Someone's bringing the food. Someone's opening the windows. Someone's cleaning up afterwards. This is how it would have happened. How wonderful. It sounds like they were being watering holes as they were going about their lives. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like they were building by discipling and they were owning the church that they were connected to. So who, who has ever rented a house? Hands up. Maybe you're renting now. You've rented a house. Ugh. No, sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> just came, it just came out. We used to rent a house in Armadale and um, in, in winter, in winter in Armadale, the house that we were renting, we were grateful to have a house and it was wonderful. Um, but we would lie in bed in Armadale in winter in minus 10 degrees and we could see the light coming through the cracks of the weatherboards because there was no insulation. I'm not joking. And we'd have all the windows shut and all the doors shut and our curtains would still be like swaying. (laughs) It was crazy and freezing. It was freezing. It was freezing. Anyway, I asked on Facebook... Um, some of, I asked some of my friends, what's the weirdest rental situation like you've ever, you've ever found yourself in? What is the weirdest rental situation? And I was not disappointed, guys. Some of them were hilarious. One of them was a bathtub in the hallway. So, Broads, I don't know if you've ever built a house like that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say don't do that. A bath in the hallway, can you imagine? <clears throat> anyway, I don't have time to read them all to you, but I wonder... If we are connected to ACC, if we are connected to our church here as a renter or as an owner, are we a renter today or are we an owner? No condemnation. Let's just think about it. Let's just think about it. Are we a renter or an owner? A renter finds a place to shelter. An owner invests in the future. A renter, it puts up, a renter puts up with what they're stuck with and I've been there and we do what we've got to do, hey. An owner sees what could be and gets to work. They get to work. At our place, we have a rule (laughs) that we say to all of our children probably many times a day. We all live here, so we all contribute. (laughs) We all live here. We all contribute. It doesn't matter if they're not your socks. I just need you to pick them up. Lisa, I'm nodding. Keziah, come on. I just need you to pick that. It doesn't matter. I I don't care who got the Lego out. I just need you to pick it up. Okay? We all live here. We all need to eat. Can someone empty the dishwasher? (laughs) Enough here. Can someone empty the dishwasher? We all need a plate. We need to eat our food. Oh, but I don't... Do you want to eat dinner? Do you want to eat dinner? You need to unpack the dishwasher. This is like our house every day, right? (laughs) It's our house every day. But there is a valuable concept here. Hey, we all live here, so we all contribute. 
I was thinking I might get the Ozozo. Could you play? Oh, Kesh, whoever wants to play the keys, why don't you come up? <laughs> awesome. Um, I was thinking about the owners that I've seen around, you know, just in our church. And I was thinking about Roland a few weeks ago. And um, he, it was before church and, you know, there's people coming in and there's like a few different jobs to do. And, and Roland comes up to me and says, um, the hand sanitizer, it's empty. It's empty. And I was like, okay, well, I'll go get my keys and I'll go to my office and I'll find the thing and I'll fill it out. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just saying if you tell me where it is, I can do it. How wonderful. <laughs> Praise God for Roland. Brody this morning doesn't even go here, right? But comes in this morning. I'm outside doing other jobs. The rest of the team is still like kind of trickling in. And Brody has straightened all the chairs that you're sitting on today. So it was a bit of a kerfuffle from last week. Everyone turns their chairs around and they want to have a chat. And please do that. It's awesome. Have that chat. That's important. One hour after our service. But Brody, who's not even here all the time, is like straightening chairs and picking up rubbish and singing his heart out. And I just thought, that's an owner. Someone like that, that's an owner. I think if every person who is leading a connect group in our church... They're not renting, they're owning, they're investing, they're envisaging what could our church be in the future? How could our people grow in the future? And they are investing in that way. They are the owners. They are owners. And I know that that's so many of you are like this. And I just want to encourage you in that. Thank you for being that owner. And if you're just still trying to figure out where you fit, that's fine. No condemnation. It's fine. I would encourage you to figure out how can I be an owner here? Where can I invest? What are the gaps? All of this kind of thing. doesn't need to be a big thing. Pastor Bron and Pastor Daz are big on just carry it lightly. Carry it lightly. I love it. Whatever it is, carry it lightly. Lisa leads a great connect group. She carries it lightly. She just carries it lightly and does what she needs to do. And people are being discipled and coming to know Jesus because of that. So we praise God for that. Praise God. So let's throw out the window this morning. When I'm older, when I have more time, when this, after that, I'm telling you from experience, that time never comes. (laughs) It just never comes. There's always something else happening. There's always something else about to happen. Don't wait. Don't wait for the perfect time. Let's just decide to put things in motion now. Let's decide to be owners. Let's decide to be that watering hole kind of church that our senior pastors have been dreaming of. Next time Pastor Bron is here, I would love you I would love for her to tell you the story of the messages and emails preceding Vision Sunday, even months and months before Vision Sunday, of people just out of the blue messaging them and talking about watering holes and talking about living water and they knew and then Shane Willard comes and talks about living water and um, being having wells and not having fences and all this kind of thing. And they, they only remembered all these messages on Vision Sunday. They were like, oh, yeah, that's right. All of these things happen. So God is speaking, you guys. This isn't just let's build the church just so that we can feel good about ourselves and have a, a great you know, room full of people. This isn't that. This is the kingdom of God. This is the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives. And I just want to encourage you and thank you for all you're doing and thank you for being an owner. Anyway, I'm super late, but... We are going to do continue the convo just for a moment, but I just really want to um, remind you about prayer this morning. If you have that dry heart, you're feeling just a bit dry and a bit dehydrated in your heart, maybe just a bit spiritually dry, don't forget, don't, don't leave. Just have someone pray with you. 
This could be the day. <laughs> this could be the day that the Holy Spirit just revives whatever it's been in your heart. Praise God. Amen. So I'm going to invite Dan up. We're going to have a chat and then we're going to pray together. So there's the number for continue the conversation. If you have a question that involves the original Hebrew language that Kerry needs to pronounce uh, properly and unpack eschatologically, please use that number on the screen and that'll come to this phone here and be able to chat with Kerry about it. Uh, <laughs> before there's already a question on the, I'm not even kidding, I'm not... No, it's not from me. <laughs> Can we have a bath available at the door anyway? It's got a nose emoji. I'm just, me and Duncan were talking during the service thinking the same thing. We just had sheep dip in our head. I'm thinking, get Mark Morowitz, set up a sheep dip from him. He's got one of them plunger things and our hallway is just the right length of sheep dip in. Fill it full of hand sand. No, <laughs> stands are already on it. That's right. I love the practical gentleman in our in our church. It's fantastic. Did have another question come through just then, and it hasn't come up. Ah, oh, that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the small pocket television is working properly. Okay. What areas in the church are you hoping and praying that people will step up in and serve, Kerry? Great question. Thank you for whoever asked. There are lots of little areas, hey, and lots of these jobs are, this just takes the load off one person and spreads it onto a bunch of people so that we can all just get things done and we can all actually be focused and be hearing from the Holy Spirit while we're here so that no one misses out, right? So kids is a big one. Like a couple of kids in Cray should be, a couple of people in Cray should be great and a couple of people in Kids Church, but the team is doing amazing and it's growing all the time. Um, sound and production would be another one if anyone's interested in that one. And um, just in general, not that it is necessarily a job, but I would just encourage you if you're not in a connect group, just find a group that suits you. Because what is great for our body, as well as all of these jobs, what is great for the church is that we are personally growing in our faith. So I would, yeah, I would wholeheart, like find a group, find a group. Mine's on Friday at our place if anyone wants to come. If you look on the website, you'll see where all the groups are. This is the best thing that you can do for the body is develop your own faith. I've, I've got a question for you. Um, how do you find the balance between when, you, when you're in a church, uh, part of a church, how do you find the balance between serving within your gifting, uh, which is perhaps a long-term thing which might energize you over time but also being open and available to just serve in any capacity how do you find that area where you don't burn yourself out because perhaps you're not working in your gifting however you don't want to be the kind of person who goes well that's not my gifting i'm doing dishes you know yeah totally so cleaning the toilets is everyone's gifting Okay, no one's too good for that. Get over yourselves. <laughs> Sometimes we just do what we need to do. I actually remember Andrew's brother, Frank. Some of you might remember him. He used to play bass guitar on our band and a million other things, but mostly bass guitar. And I remember someone asking him, like, 
is this like your your thing? Like, is this your vision for your life to play bass guitar in church? And he's like, no, it's not. It's not. But it's a way. I, it's a way I can contribute. And I just never forgot that. I thought, how wonderful. It's just a way he could contribute, and so he did. And so, you know, if you see rubbish outside, hey, anyone can pick rubbish up. You know, if someone needs help getting in or out of their car, anyone can do that. Let's not over-spiritualize what really should be living water flowing out from us. Let's not over-spiritualize it. Um, I have suffered severe burnout before, probably eight years ago, and it was not fun. And part of it was church-related, but part of it was work-related to do with our business. And um, it was not great. And so through that process, like, don't go there, please don't. (laughs) If you don't have to get burnout, don't do it. (laughs) But um, if you do happen to go there, there are just things that you learn along the way. So you learn... What are the limits of my body? You need to listen to your body. How is my body feeling right now? You, you get to know. You get to know the signals that your body's sending you when it's saying, this is too much. You've done too much this week. Like, you know, five prayer meetings is enough, Susan. You know, you get to know whatever it is. And um, so you just really need to be listening to your body. And I don't mean to sound unspiritual, but it is a spiritual thing to look after yourself, to look after your body like that. So um, so we're not coming from the from the place of we we work so hard and we exhaust ourselves and then when we go to heaven we rest that's actually not biblical and it's actually rubbish and so we don't want to do that we don't want to be a church that does that but we do want to be a church who when we see a need we just do what we can we just do what we can yeah yeah i had a i lived in a house in melbourne with five other guys ultimate bachelor pad stinky it was fantastic and um one of our, one of my mates, he would never do the dishes, and and his reason was because I don't like it. And the rest of us just sort of looked at him and went, "Nobody likes it, but you just got to do it." It was kind of that. I thought was that, that you, Dan? No, it wasn't me. Shut okay. <laughs> one of <laughs> our <checking>. friends <laughs> in the house never put his clothes. No, no, it wasn't me. Um, you said something earlier, Kerry. You're talking about. Um, Sometimes there's, there's times where we're going through where we feel like oh, I'm in a broken place, so I'm going to breathe for a bit and then... And that's cool. I want to validate that. But has there also been times where you and Andy have been in a place of you're feeling exhausted, but through how you dealt with that time, do you think it's possible for that to be still growing somebody else because they see how you deal with it totally but i do think it depends on what kind of exhaustion is this so there's three main types of exhaustion that most people experience physical emotional and spiritual and so that's a good question to ask is why am i exhausted have i been putting out too much spiritually am i exhausted emotionally because there's a lot going on in my relationships or am i just exhausted physically because i've been working hard with my body so figuring out asking those questions that's a really good way of looking at it and i think where you are physically exhausted you don't want to push you don't want to push you want to look after yourself Um, And where you are spiritually exhausted, praise God, we have our church and we have our connect groups and we have our elders and we have people who will pray with us and pray for us and the Holy Spirit will fill us. So we cannot neglect going to the Holy Spirit for that. Yeah, I think perhaps that when Christ talks about um, giving to others from a reservoir that's not your own, and that's the difference we might feel, and this is something I've been guilty of in my life, is trying to put out... When I'm not putting anything in, you know, I've not been reading, I've not been chatting with others, I've not been praying, I've not been, 
you know, and yet I'm still trying to give out and the wells run dry. Um, I, I work well in pictures and a good picture for me years ago, something that came to mind, and I feel like it was a God thing, was that there, I'm standing at the bottom of a massive reservoir dam and on the other side of the dam is all the water in the world and at the bottom of the dam is a tap and all I have to do is turn the tap on and I've got access to that massive resource uh, and, and sort of oppose that with something like me carrying around a tank on my back that's heavy and I have a tap on that tank and that's all I water from but it's a limited supply and it's weighing me down and and for me that was a really aha moment a pivotal moment of understanding the difference between tapping into a reservoir that's inexhaustible or me trying to create my own reservoir and I would have to stand in the right place for the rain just to get in my little tank and it's all on me and it's exhausting and tiring my shoulders are getting tired but when we tap into that bigger reservoir um, do you think it's possible when we're doing that on a daily basis it's a life thing not a not you know it's, it's a marathon this walk with Christ it's not a sprint but when we do that do you think it's possible that you can be tired but because you've still connected into the reservoir you've still got something to give yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you actually find the days that you don't feel like coming to church and leading worship, or the days that you don't feel like going to visit that person, they're the days that the Holy Spirit will speak through you most powerfully, <laughs> because in in our weakness, He is strong and He speaks. So yeah. Last one, real quick. Last one. In those kind of days, is there something that you specifically you go? All right, first point is I need to pray. What do you pray? God help me. For real, that's it. God, I'd be driving to someone's house just praying, God, help me. I can't do this. I need you to help me. God, help me. God, help me. That's it. That's not very, that's not very technical. <laughs> and praise God for his help. He answers mm. our, mm. you know, our simplest prayer. Yep. Amen. Awesome. Do you want to pray us out, Dad? Let's pray us out. Yeah, yep. thank you so much. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for Pastor Kerry's message. Thank you for the team. Um, bringing us into a place of, of worship where we forget about the person next to us and we sing to you. Thank you for your word uh, speaking to us through Kerry today. Uh, we thank you for what you've been doing in the last 21 days. We give you thanks and praise and honour for blessing both seen and unseen, blessing both obvious and disguised. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your son. In his name, amen. Amen. Happy Sunday, everyone. Pastor Daz will be with us next week, so make sure you're at church next week. It'd be great to see you. Happy Sunday.